You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. I just got back from South Dakota and Nebraska. Uh, what was that? I got back late Friday afternoon, and uh, so I spent the day with the kids on Saturday and today, and here I am again, late night, getting ready for another week, and it is almost prime time. I mean, the the there's chasing going on right now. I saw it out west. There's tons of reports of, of people seeing chasing going on. Uh, maybe not the big bucks quite yet, but uh, you know the little scrappers, they're out there um, sniffing a lot of tail. And uh, we are just, you know, the, the pre-rut can be a magical time. In the next five days, in my personal opinion, is when the big mature bucks will start showing up on camera. They'll be moving a lot more. You're starting to see a little bit more daylight uh, pictures that are going to be coming your way and that's just my experience right maybe maybe you've had that already but uh, it's getting excited and I can't wait to get out in the woods I haven't even been out into the timber yet in Iowa uh, yet and um, man I'm looking forward to this week and then the next two weeks after that so I got to get through Halloween, do the do my responsibilities uh, as a uh, as a father, taking the kids trick or treating, and then it's just like the next two weeks full bore. Hopefully, I can get out. I'll tell you this: I it, uh, it won't be as much hunting as previous years because um, usually my mother in law comes to help out, and she just can't do it anymore. She uh, she's getting older, um, and her coming for two weeks at a time to you know help with the kids it's just not possible anymore my wife has been going in to work a lot more and that means i have to take kids to school and i got to pick kids up and uh, do that type of stuff so i have to uh, i gotta figure out something i might have to get a babysitter a couple afternoons throughout the week to get to get into the timber and do what i do uh every single year and uh, it just kind of sucks, but that's part of life, I guess. So I'm going to have to deal with it. All right. So that's what's, that's what's in the future. All right. Also the podcast where I talk about my Western trips, uh, I'm going to drop, I think I'm going to put it in two parts, my Nebraska hunts and then my South Dakota hunts. And, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll launch those in a different, uh, probably in the next couple weeks. And then from there, uh man it's just all the all the other content coming out here after this episode is going to be really focused on how to be successful not only with myself but in the next uh the next handful of weeks so uh, it's time and it's time to get out in the woods so if you got uh brownie points now is the time to start using them uh, pre-rut 
is here now all the way, I'd say for another seven days, eight days. And then we're starting to get into that, that early no, November timeframe, which depending on where you hunt and the pockets of deer that you're hunting, that November 1st can still be considered pre-rut the first three or four days. And then in my opinion, the rut doesn't start until like the fifth, sixth, and it's just starting to get crazy on the seventh up until man, probably the 25th of, uh, of November. So, and it happens fast, right? All this time and energy that we've been putting into uh, getting out and doing the trail cameras and the tree stands and the food plots to hunt is happening. So make sure you are prepared going in. Now, today we have a pretty cool episode, right? A lot of us have, uh, have uh, difficulties or obstacles gaining access to hunting properties whether that is a maybe i have access to a farm in iowa or i own a farm in iowa or i lease a farm in iowa this is an example and i want to go hunt mule deer out west well there's an option to uh to potentially trade hunts with someone maybe there's a guy out west who's an elk hunter who's looking to be a whitetail hunter and and you're looking to do an elk hunt or a mule deer hunt and there's always these opportunities to trade right and today i'm bringing on a guy that i met in uh nashville or it wasn't nashville it was uh south of nashville at this year this past year's poma conference and that's the professional outdoor media association uh conference that they had there and so i went and i met this guy named slade johnson and he uh he started this company called trips for trade and it's all about trading hunting trips and uh exactly like what i just said so it's a really good uh opportunity it's a really good uh i guess opportunity for people to i don't know trade a trip to ch- check uh check a box or uh, check a hunt off of their bucket list and he he breaks down how this company got started he breaks down the the thought process behind this and uh and then i ask him a whole bunch of questions regarding the uh his business so it's a it's a pretty cool uh pretty cool podcast um really cool information uh and just like the title of this podcast implies it's an interesting and new concept to gaining access to different species so all right we're gonna do some commercials real quick uh if you're in the mood or in the mood if you're in the market for a crossbow look no further than exodus or excuse me excalibur crossbows um, you can go to excalibercrossbow.com and check out all of the varieties of uh, crossbows that these guys offer, and it's a ton. Uh, they have a crossbow for just about any size, any shape, any style you want, um, and these guys have been around for about 30 years, so that matters, right? Bet they make uh, these awesome kick-ass crossbows, awesome material. They make awesome, uh, awesome design. They're durable right you can beat the shit out of them and they still function at the highest level possible and uh while you're at their website excalibercrossbow.com check out their brand new twin strike crossbow it holds two arrows and you can pull two different triggers and they will they'll shoot two different uh two different times so it's a, a crazy concept go check that out uh next on the list we have exodus trail cameras i've been a I've been a proud supporter of their trail cameras since they first came out. So I know uh, a lot about these cameras. And my favorite part about this is that these guys, <laughs> their trail cameras work, right? All you have to do is turn them on, walk away, and I feel confident that they're out there working right now. In Right now, it's storming really bad here in Iowa. And uh, I know they're working. I know they're waterproof. I know that they're taking pictures and that the information that I can gain from those trail cameras is going to be put to use as soon as I go and check those cards. They have um, a cell cam option called the uh, render that is, uh, that's available as well. So go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. Take a look at all of the different uh, models that these guys have to offer. And they have a, a, an awesome warranty that you need to read up on as well about theft and damage. It's a five-year warranty. Nobody else in the industry is doing that at that amount of time. So uh, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Uh, and I'm not going to say too much about this company because you guys know I already love Lone Wolf portable tree stands at uh, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. Four sticks and one assault. And that is, that's the hang on. Uh, that is, 
it allows me to get just about in any tree. It allows me to do just about anything I need to do as far as getting a tree stand in a tree. Crooked trees, big trees, short trees, tall trees, skinny trees, whatever the the tree is, it allows you to get in that it allows you to get in that tree and get in the right position. Period, right? And you don't want to be in the right tree, you want to be in or in a straight tree, you want to be in the right tree. And sometimes that can be 10, 15 yards off. And uh, that's why I choose Lone Wolf to keep me mobile and to keep me close to the action in the right tree. Uh, If you want to uh, use the discount code to save some money here, you can enter the discount code 9FC21, 9FC21. And that's going to save you $50 off of all purchases over $200. Okay, that is uh, ridiculous. That's like an 18 to 25 percent discount, depending on what products you buy. Uh, And it gets you the best tree stand on the market, if you ask me. Made in America, by the way, too. And then lastly, Ozonix. Man, um, I, I don't hunt as much as I used to. I can't hunt as much as I used to. Um... And for me, every hunt is important now, especially in the whitetail woods. When I can get in there, be aggressive every hunt, put myself in the right possible position. And if the wind is starting to creep one way or the other, um, I don't necessarily have to move because I have an Ozonics in the tree with me that's distorting my scent profile. Um, I used to use this product and I thought it was a gimmick when I first started using it. Then I used it. I had what they call aha moments. Uh, in the stand and I'm telling you right now uh, it works not only in the woods but uh, back at back home in the garage when you dry wash your clothes you're washing your clothes less the time you have to put into your scent profile is is drastically uh, reduced and um, hanging your clothes in the dry wash bag or in the closet now dude I'm telling you it's a game changer for me and it's something that if I forget my Ozonics at home and I'm a mile you know from like I'm, I'm pulling into my hunting spot I'm turning around I'm going home and I'm getting it because that's how confident I am in, in how how that works so you can play all the wind the wind all you want but when playing the wind just doesn't work uh, you can have an Ozonics uh, to kind of watch your six. So ozonicshunting.com. Go check out all their units. And if you want a free dry wash bag with a purchase of one of your units, enter the discount code NFC21. NFC21. And you will get a free dry wash bag with your purchase of an Ozonics unit. There we go. Commercials are in the books. Let's get into today's uh, podcast about trips for trade. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Slade Johnston. Slade, how we doing, man? Doing great, man. How are you today? I'm doing good. Now, I already told you this when I met you uh, this summer in uh, Tennessee, but your first name is Badass. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. It was. Uh, it's definitely a little bit different, that's for sure. Is Your it- mom wanted something uh, unique, so she... She came up with that. I think your mom was like, We found out, though, that there's there's a lot more out there, you know, so definitely not the first, but, you know, it sounds cool to to not realize that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think your mom, when you were born, goes, hey, this guy's going to be a badass. I need a name (laughs) that really just screams badass, and I think the name Slade screams badass. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it, man. We got (laughs) to just keep grinding. That's right. That's right. All right, so... We met at the POMA conference this year, the Professional Outdoor Media Association in Tennessee, and uh, I think um, I was I was kind of confident going into the beanbag or the the cornhole uh, games that we were playing. <laughs> but you're you are a sleeper, man. You were just laying them in there. You're really good at that. It's a lot of a lot of practice here in Alabama. It's kind of uh, basically a professional sport, you know. Yeah. So we we do we do practice a bunch for it's kind of the fun thing to do at tailgates and hanging out at camp or whatever it may be. So yeah, that was fun, man. We had a good time doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was even trying to trash talk you a little bit, and it didn't work. 
<laughs> I definitely like the trash talk. It's a, uh, it's a motivator. Especially with uh, I was waiting for you to 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 pull out some special trick, you know, with uh, having uh, with the nine fingers. You know, yeah. I thought you were about to really throw something unique at me. Yeah, but you you act. You were just there going. I've seen every move you've already done, buddy. I'm not impressed. And oh, by the way, that's uh, that's in the hole. <laughs> Oh man, that was fun. We had yeah. a good time in that conference. That venue was great for yeah. that last little event, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely beautiful, uh, beautiful setting there at the the Poma conference. Now I want to get into uh, something serious here. Okay, you just got back from the West. Where were you at, Colorado? Yeah, we were not far from like uh, Alamosa, Colorado. Okay, um, not too far from Pueblo. Gotcha. Uh, and you laid down an, uh, a beautiful bull elk. Run us through that real quick. Man, it was it was awesome. This is a, a one of the top trips on my bucket list for years now. And um, and I actually we can dive into the the actual swap side and how that came about a little bit later. But there's a guy, the very first guy I ever swapped trips with, named John, and um, swapped turkey hunt for a hog hunt years ago five years ago now and um and we've just developed an incredible friendship he's invited me back out there mule deer hunting uh he's this past spring he came turkey and hog hunting with me and uh shot several hogs and then had a couple really good turkey hunts but didn't get to seal the deal there and then he invited me out for the elk hunt he had uh there's one of their properties is in an over-the-counter archery unit and so um he had me and another trade member come from texas and um the three of us just you know spent elk camp together all of us had tags for elk and bear and man it was it was incredible we were the first day we get there and it's we're unloading the truck and they're bugling at like three o'clock and we're like we gotta go you know we gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta just put on our clothes like leave all the food forget putting the food in the refrigerator we gotta go and so we take off and um and how it works they've got a, a really unique piece of property it's kind of it's not big it's like 180 acres but it butts up to several thousand acres of blm that's landlocked and ah, okay. it it's situated in the middle of this of a lot of really large landowners like the property that right beside it that we've got to go through the gates to get to i think it's for sale for like 19 million right now you know so like really really prime piece of property not far from uh the trinchera ranch which is just world class we I, I filmed for one of our investors at that ranch and it's only like 20 miles from there and you know that's one of the largest pieces of pro property in the country and you know really good elk hunting so this is a really unique property, man. It's like I said, not big, but it, where it's at makes it incredible. And we were we were watching elk and hearing elk and seeing elk every single day. Uh, but most of the time, it was across the property line where you know the grass is greener over there, just watching them from the hillside. Uh, we could call a few little smaller satellite bulls to us, um, but we could never get any of the big herd bulls to come over and um, pass on some smaller ones. Well, then. I think it was like day seven, I ended up like, you know what, I'm going to go in on the very back side of this BLM and just try something new, and it was super windy. I didn't even take the big camera. I was trying to film everything, and didn't even take the big camera because it was so windy and thought it was a low percentage hunt, and man, the last 15 minutes, that wind died, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and bugle because I can actually hear now, and I didn't get the bugle tube out of my mouth before he cut me off and he wasn't 75 yards from me in some like Dang. thick bed and stuff. And it's, I mean, I'm a big turkey hunter here in Alabama and it's the best turkey hunt I've ever been on because yeah. as soon as, as soon as you got in that bubble, he got fired up and I'm trying to get the GoPro on. I couldn't even remember how to cut the thing on. I'm so shaky and nervous and ready. And so I just put the GoPro on the ground and clipped in and, and I think 90 seconds later, you know, he was dead. It was, it was awesome. It couldn't yeah. have been, you know, it's the, the picture perfect hunt. Super fortunate that it worked out that way. And it was kind of just right place at the right time. And, um, and was able to get it done, man. And it was, that was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, yeah. Jealous of the guys that get to do that year in and year out. Cause right. that was awesome. Right. I'm still waiting for my moment like that. Uh, we got close a couple of times <laughs> in Colorado in Colorado a couple of years ago, but, uh, never, you know, never sealed the deal, but man, something about just a bugling elk makes you feel alive. You know what I mean? 
especially when he's answering you, you know, it's just oh, like, yeah. man, that's, that's nature at its peak right there. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have much of a, a pack out or were you able to get a, a vehicle back there or did you have to hoof them out? So we, we were able to cut the distance about by good ways with a vehicle. Um, but we still ended up having to pack him out about 800 yards is what I think it was. And, yeah. um, not, not a ton of elevation change, so it could have been a lot worse, but it was still a workout. I mean, we, we ended up, I think we got in bed about 4 a.m. That, that next morning after everything was said and done. So it was a long night, and we had to make that 800-yard trip like three times. So yeah, um, but it was it was man, that was it was awesome. That was that's part of it, you know. If you yeah. just drive up and throw them on a full wheeler or something, then it's uh, it takes away a little bit from the experience for sure. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you can cross it off your uh, your list. So you're an official elk hunter now. Is this something? <laughs> You know, being from Alabama, there's no elk in Alabama. Um, is there? Is this something you see yourself doing all the time now? Absolutely, man. I'd I'd love to to keep going out there, and you know, like I said, John and I became such good friends at this point that uh, you know, I'm sure I'll go out with him a few more times and um, in the future. And you know, it's just a cool environment because you know, we're he was really he spent a lot of his time trying to make sure I got on one and. Um, kind of hanging back calling doing stuff like that and then when i actually did kill he wasn't you know he was on a different side of the mountain i was by myself so yeah i kind of hated that he he did spend all, a lot of his time trying to put me on one instead of trying to fill his own tag but uh, um because he ended up he didn't even get a shot off that trip clay did clay clay did get a shot off on another one that we didn't find unfortunately but um not really sure if he completely missed or what happened there but um, but yeah, man, I'm, I look forward to it because just the relationship aspect, I mean, the camaraderie, the camaraderie of being at the camp with those guys and everybody having tags and it's, you know, it's not like a guided deal where you've, you've got one guy that's just, you know, just trying to make sure you kill something like after I killed, I spent the next five days trying to help them kill. And, um, it was a lot of fun, man. Awesome. Just, just, it, it's a neat country. If, I definitely encourage, I know encourage everybody to try to do it and, and to put it on their list if it's not already there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I'm sure you're not the first guy to ever think of this idea, right? Like most great ideas, but you are the first person in my understanding to organize something like this, right? Um, so you own a company called Trips for Trade. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about where the birth of that company came from. Yeah. So you're right. This, this is an age old concept swapping trips. It's something that my grandfather's done my whole life with friends of friends. And that's, that's particularly how it's been. You meet somebody from, you know, somewhere different and you form a little bit of a relationship and then you're, you end up swapping trips. I think all of us in some form or fashion, has kind of done that, but we probably just didn't formally call it a swap. We just made a friend and you went hunting with them and they came hunting with you. And so, you know, the, the concept's age old, but when I was, um, to kind of give you a little bit of the backstory and the passion behind the business, when I was in middle school, my grandfather, who was my best friend, the guy that, you know, really taught me how to hunt, incredible turkey hunter, that turkey hunt was kind of his passion, which ultimately is why it became my passion. And when I was in middle school, he had one bird left on his Grand Slam, which is harvesting all four subspecies of turkeys in the U.S. And um, and I desperately want to go on that trip with him. And he was like, no, once you get to college, we'll start yours. Um, really saying it was a boy's trip and went taking a teenager along with him. But they went off and finished his Grand Slam and always looked forward to doing that. Well, my first year of college, he passed away and uh, wasn't ever able to go on any trips out of state with him. And um, you know, I'd always look forward to that. So kind of a memory of him, my dad and I were just talking and he was like, why don't you find some outfitters and line up, uh, some turkey hunt so we can finish your grand slam. And, you know, I was like, all right. So I looked at outfitters. And I'm like, I'm not about to ask my dad to spend 10, 15 grand on these trips for us to go on. And just didn't make sense for us at the time. And, um, I was like, well, why not swap a trip? You know, we're super blessed. We've got, my grandfather spent pretty much every spare dollar he made on, either acquiring property or just making our properties habitat better for, for wildlife. And, um, you know, so 
we always share that with friends and new hunters and kids. And, um, you know, so we're already just accustomed to having people come in and hunt and share that. So why don't we let somebody come turkey hunt with us in exchange for one of these other trips? And so through a hunting app, I found, um, I found a guy, I found John in Colorado and he had posted a picture of a, about a hundred Miriams in a uh, big alfalfa field. And so I messaged him and I was like, you know, Hey John, you know, we've got really good Eastern hunting. Would you be willing to swap hunts? And he was like, you know, I'm not interested in turkey hunting that much, but I would love to come try to hog hunting. I hear you guys have a bad hog problem in Alabama. And I was like, we'll about pay you to come hog hunting. And, you know, <laughs> come kill them all. And so him and his son came, they killed their first hogs. And then my dad and I went out there to, to kick off the Grand Slam tour. And, um, and man, just like I said, built such an incredible relationship. You, you see from the elk hunt what that's really turned into. I mean, truly just a friend now and not like a swap partner. It's, it, it's yeah. an awesome relationship. And from that kind of success story and just seeing how that went down, it's like, you know, we really could be onto something here. And, um, I was going through my DMBA program at the time and, um, and still like business school and had all these ideas of kind of entrepreneurship that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, I was like, so did the due diligence there and saw that there were some forums out there, but really nothing with membership base that was, uh, had the credibility to it. So that's where we built it, man. And, and then we opened it up to more than just hunting because we realized that people, you know, people have access to all kinds of things that you can swap. And so we really say any kind of experience, outdoor experience, you can trade with us, whether that's hunting, fishing, a beach condo, lake house, um, a sports ticket, ski passes, you know, really anything that you have or that your family has access to, you can list it and, and swap it for a trip and, and check them, check some things off your list. And so that's what it's turned into, man. Now we've got trips in all 50 States, 12 different countries. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really cool to kind of think we've connected over a thousand trips so far. Not all of those have taken place of course, but just connected people that have said I'm interested in trading and, um, and so, man, it's, it's been neat. We're just, we're still trying to grow it and keep adding new trips and help people, you know, check things off their bucket list sooner than they ever thought they could. Yeah. Excellent concept. Um, now here's how my mind works, right? I, I, when I, whenever I hear a concept or a strategy, um, I try to implement what I want into it. I pick it apart. I try to, um, you know, think of the good things. I think of the bad things. And, and when, when, when this company, like when you said, okay, I'm going to start it, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to build the website. I'm going to start the, the planning of it and putting it together and, and reaching out to people. What were the, uh, immediate responses? Like the first responses that you got from this idea of organizing these, these trips for trade. Yeah. So uh, pretty mixed in the form of, I would say maybe buy-in. So we understand this is a concept that a lot of people need to think about and like kind of realize like, am I going to create an account? Am I going to add a listing? Um, for the most part, we have a great uh, response of the idea. Everybody loves the idea. Everybody's like, that makes sense. You know, I've kind of already been doing that in some form or fashion. Um, but we do realize there's a little bit more of a buy-in. So when we first started it, I reached out, I think about 20 people that I personally knew already, um, in multiple different States around the country. And, um, and most of them, I mean, 15 or so of them were like, yeah, man, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll put it on there and try it out. And so, you know, we started super small with people that I knew had a bunch of credibility and connected them. We saw some interest there and some swaps take place. And that kind of gave us the proof of concept to say, all right, let's, let's take this to the next level and build something that we can scale and kind of open up to the public. And, um, and then, you know, a year later we see some of the, the other guys that I'd reached out to originally signing up and joining and, and, and coming on board. And so, um, you know, what we've seen is, yeah, it, the buy-in process can be a little bit longer just because it's, there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it, but ultimately, um, we've had just an incredible response to people thinking it's a good idea and, and really the success that can come from it. All right. So I want to, I want to throw a scenario out there for you. All right. I'm on, I'm on your website right now. I'm, I'm, I'm messing around with it and, um, I live in Iowa. Okay. So I'm just going to yep. kind of throw a scenario out here that I would want to, uh, do. 
All right, so I live in Iowa, which is known for one of the greatest whitetail states uh, as far as hunting, bow hunting, whitetails is concerned. Um, and yep. I would be interested in uh, going out west and hunting elk. All right. So how do I go to your website? How do I set everything up? And how do I how do I get these uh, lines of communication open to where I'm actively talking to uh, one person or multiple people about getting a, a trip swapped? Yep. So we, we run off a membership model so that we don't have to do any transaction fees. And so it adds a little extra credibility to the people on the site. So first of all, you would pick which membership you wanted, whether that's a monthly, an annual, or a premium. Um, and those are all kind of laid out on the website, what that entails. And then we would want to go in and create a listing for you. So this is essentially an ad, and anybody on our website can see it. So it's, it's doing promotion for you when you're not even on the website. And we would put in the photos, descriptions, and kind of what you're, what you're willing to trade for. And people can reach out to you and then you can also reach out to other guys. So you can filter through our trips and narrow it down just to big game, you know, in the Midwest or, or like elk hunting or mule deer hunting, whatever it may be. And then reach out to those guys and say, Hey, you know, here's my listing. I've got really good whitetail access. I would love to come swap with you. And then at that point, you know, they either say they're interested or they're not. If they are, you guys will swap numbers and, um, and kind of work out the finer details of which stakes work, you know, how many people to bring, what the tag system is like, you know, this is, we're really just connecting the dots and then you guys can figure out the details. And I think, I think that's one thing real quick that, that people do hesitate on. They're like, well, I'm so busy. I've got so much going on. I don't know if I can fit it in. And, you know, I don't know what dates are going to be available or what the tag system is going to be like, or, you know, a lot that's going to be. And really what we say is, man, still go ahead, create your listing, connect with somebody, you know, go ahead and find somebody that's willing to trade with you. And, you know, if it's worth your time to swap with them, you're going to make time to make it happen. And then you can plan out the finer details and try to figure out like for, for Iowa, I believe for non-residents, it's a, it's a draw, right? You have, yep. you have typically a, um, a draw period. And, and so, you know, work with them, tell them which unit you're in. And, um, if you guys have units, I'm not super familiar with Iowa, but, if y'all, you know, kind of you're, you're giving them the rundown, like here's where my property here is, here's what it's going to take for you to be able to hunt here. It might be this year, it might be three years down the road, whatever it may be. Um, but you're go ahead and building that relationship with that person. And they might say, you know, great, that sounds good. Come on and hunt with me this year. And, you know, we're just going to have a, you know, an agreement that, that when I do draw, I'm going to come hunt with you. Or it might be like, let's, let's keep this relationship in our back pocket and, um, you know, and then in two or three years when I do draw, then we'll actually both do our swaps. And so either way, you're, you're just starting that conversation and building that relationship. And it, it's good too, even if that's the process and it might be a couple years before you, you know, that they draw and you can actually do the swap. You're, you're checking in with them. Hey man, how's hunting season going? And they're like, Oh man, we just killed this big elk. And you're like, well, we just, you know, we got all these white tail and it's, it's kind of building your confidence and excitement for when you actually get to go on that trip. And then when you do, you're saving thousands of dollars compared to, you know, what the what you could charge for a whitetail hunt or what they could charge for an elk hunt. Um, you know, it's really saving you guys a lot of money. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, because I'm, I've looked at outfitter prices before, and I've looked at leasing ground uh, prices before, and that is ridiculous. I mean, it, I mean compared to <laughs> switching, you know, switching uh, or trading uh, a hunt for a hunt. Whew, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fine, <laughs> it's a financial, uh, commitment if you're going to lease a property or if you or if you're going to, I don't know, do something, uh, I don't know, do something big, like get an outfitter for an elk hunt. I mean, some of these hunts are six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 or more, depending on what state you go to, where, when all those things. Yeah, man, it's, it's a lot. Just the, the guy that, um, they, they lease out. He, John, the guy that I swap with, they lease out um, the property for the rifle seasons. You know, he just kind of keeps archery for himself, and if he's going to do a swap, you know, he'll he'll block something out. But just the um, you know the elk kind of long would have been like forty five hundred dollars, which is cheap really compared to where it's at. And, and you know, like the neighbor, the yeah. neighbor on that big farm, I think charges 
their prices start at seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's just, it's definitely going to end up being more than that. So, you know, just easily saved over five grand by swapping trips with, with John and, um, and like I said, and had a great time doing it, you know, it's yeah. like, and I enjoy, joy having him to my place to come shoot pigs and turkey hunt and, you know, just enjoy that friendship that's created there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now let's talk uh, about a scenario that, uh, and I, I think I talked to you about this when we were down in uh, Tennessee, but all right. So I go out, to, uh, I, I trade a trip. I go out, this guy puts me on an elk and he, I, I, I kill an elk. He, he holds up to his commitment and then he comes to Iowa and for some reason the deer just aren't moving, right? He doesn't see hardly anything. Maybe it's just poor timing or warm, uh, whether I'm there to help him out or not. Um, it just, his hunt compared to my hunt, they're two drastically different results, two drastically different experiences. And now this guy's pissed because he feels that I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. How does, how does that work? Yeah. So what I would say is first we tell everybody managing expectations is just critical. So in your listing, don't go blowing it up like i guarantee you're gonna kill a 160 you know in a three-day hunt here in iowa like don't you know just be super transparent and realistic with expectations like hey man we've got some really great deer there are a bunch of 160s running around but it's hard hunting you know we might kill one a year and we hunt 30 plus days a year or whatever it may be and you know just being super realistic when you're talking with that person and what and and what you have and that's the key. And then the second part of that is when they come to hunt with you is really the hospitality. Like just being a good host is, is 90% of it. They realize most every hunter, like they, they realize that it is not a guarantee. This isn't just renting a beach condo where it's a hundred percent going to work out perfect. You know, like this, this is hunting, it's mother nature. So all day, you know, you're going to have a happy swap partner regardless of kill if the expectations are managed appropriately, if you show good hospitality, if everything's, you know, set up like you said it was going to be set up. And, you know, they realize that that you've put in the work and that you're trying to make sure that they're successful and doing everything in your power to do that. They're going to be happy. They're just going to realize that it's hunting. Then the flip side would be if you still might like if you might like, hey, man, you know, I, I, this week just hadn't turned out great and the weather hadn't been good and, um, you know, invite them back for another trip. Maybe, maybe you want to just offer that. Like you're not obligated to do that, but you know, if you're really appreciative that they put you on an elk and you know, like, Hey man, come back and let's, let's still try to come back for a second hunt and let's try to get you on one, um, is what some people would, you know, have done or will do. And so the biggest thing is people understand that it's hunting. It's not going to be, hundred percent kill rate every trip you go on. But if you can just make sure that the expectations meet the experience, then people are going to enjoy it. Right. What about a scenario where the guy, the guy goes, Hey man, I, I, the, the expectations seem legit, but you go out there and it's just not what he advertised. Um, and you know, from a customer service standpoint, uh, trips for trade is the the digital handshake between these two uh, these two groups of people. How do you guys moderate bad experiences? Like, um, if there's an exchange of money, do you guys facilitate uh, any type of refunds? Do you ever play, uh, uh, I guess, uh, middleman between conversations to chill people out, or like, what is your role other than the handshake? Yeah, so we we do a little bit of that, you know. Honestly, we do try to stay out of um, a lot of those conversations, just because most of the most of it's the he said she said stuff. Like, because we can only control what's on their listing. Now, if we get a report that hey, this is not what was advertised in the listing, and the photos aren't his or whatever, we in our policy we can remove your listing and you know, cancel your account, like in an instant. And if we get a review like that, we will investigate that and try to try to come to a conclusion on that. And if it's the case, then we're, uh, you know, we're going to remove that member to kind of protect our community. 
Um, but what we see is that one, it's it's not going to be perfect. We realize that too. There's going to be a bad out for two in the in the mix. But we do think that the success rate and the the kind of the general the the sportsman mentality is probably ninety five percent plus are gonna gonna be honest there. Um, you know, so we feel like that's a pretty high number. And if they're if you go there and you have uh, you know, a bad experience. That's kind of what we say is just let us know. And if we find out that something's inaccurately put on the listing, then we're going to investigate that. We can remove those guys. We're going to, you're going to leave a review so that other members are protected and can see that. And then what we also have is, um, basically it's, it's a membership agreement. So, uh, I mean a swap agreement. So when you find that person, if y'all want to to sign into this trade agreement, then you've got a legally binding contract saying, here's exactly what I have. Here's what I'm offering. Um, and so if somebody's really just trying to scam you out of something, then that's something that you can act on and take legal action on if you feel needed to. Um, and then lastly, what we're building out right now that we're, we're hoping to launch before too long um, is what's called a accountability deposit. So currently there's no money exchange. We tell people, we encourage you not to exchange money at all. Like if it's a difference in value, then you make up for it through bringing additional people or uh, letting them hunt longer, or maybe two trips in exchange for one. Like don't necessarily say, hey, we'll swap and then I'll also pay you $1,000 cash. Like try to make it more about the experience than the value and the money. Um, and so – there's no money exchange there, but we are working towards having an accountability deposit to where both people, before they make a trade, can agree on a number like, hey, we're going to let Tricks for Trade hold this in an escrow account until both of our swaps take place. And then if somebody backs out or something's you know, a, a complete fraud situation or a misleading situation, then we're just not going to uh, refund that – um, deposit and that'll go to the other person for their troubles and uh, any expenses that they've incurred there. So we're working towards that just to add a little bit more credibility. But again, at the end of the day, we realize that it's it's not going to be perfect, but we the success rate that we've seen so far and really just kind of the type of person that we're working with is is really strong. So yeah, um, you know, we think that is a super slim um, percentage chance that that's going to happen. But it's it's inevitable that it, at some point. The bigger we get, it will happen to somebody. But yeah, yeah, we we just try to focus on the success and prepare for that as best we can. So, are all the listings on your guys' website actually people looking for uh, trading a hunt, or are there some people in there like that aren't necessarily interested in trading a hunt? They're just there at let's say they're outfitters or they're landowners that are saying, "Hey, listen, a hunt on my I, I have no interest going to Iowa." But if you want to come to my property, it's going to cost you three grand or four grand or, or whatever. So we have about, I guess, about half of our trips are uh, available for purchase, whether most of those being outfitters. Um, and then the other half would just be just for trade only. But a requirement to be on here is that you have to be willing to trade for something. And so. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't just let outfitters come on if they have no interest in trading. Now, there might be some on there that have like super extreme trips that they're only willing to trade for, um, but they still have to be like, yes, I am interested in trading for something. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, cool. All right, so you you mentioned one of your uh, s- stories that you traded, you know, some turkey hunts for a hog hunt. And that that's led to a really good friendship between you and another guy. Uh, and you know, thus your, your elk hunting story this year. Do you have any other examples that you could share with us from, um, maybe someone who's not necessarily in your position as, uh, yeah, yeah. uh you know, share, tell us a story or share us a, a really good experience that two guys randomly ran up into each other on your site and kicked off this awesome trade uh, of successful hunts. Yeah, man, right off the top, the, the John, the same guy I'm mentioning there. And I, I referenced a little bit earlier that clay, another member from Texas was with us at elk camp this, this year. 
they met through Trips for Trade completely. Neither one of them affiliated with the business at all and lined up a swap. And Clay runs – Clay's got a lot of listings. I think he's got 10 things listed on Trips for Trade, uh, from turkey hunting to javelina to exotics to um, – really, he's got a 50-foot boat that they do, you know, overnight trips for swordfish, billfish, tuna, everything. So he's got um, – you know, he's got some really cool trips added. Clay and John connected two years ago, 2019, I guess. And through trips for trade, they both agreed to swap. Uh, Clay was actually supposed to, cause John, John doesn't have elk listed right now. He's got mule deer listed, uh, just cause he is super protective of, of the elk and, and trading it. But they were going to mule deer for, um, for an overnight fishing trip, deep sea fishing trip. And Clay comes up and the mule deer, John tells him he's, he's just honest with him, which is, which is a great example there from one of your earlier questions. He tells him like, man, the mule deer are just not on our property right now. Like we, we are seeing no shooters. And in that country, you know, you, you, it's pretty visible. It's not, not necessarily like whitetail hunting. You can, you can see him. He's like, dude, I, I think the chances of you killing one are just super, super low this year for whatever reason. Um, but the elk are on our property like crazy. And he said, we've got an extra landowner tag. Um, I'll, you know, I'll let you have that and, instead of the mule deer hunt. And if you're, if you'll take me on two fishing trips. And so, you know, they kind of, he was like, dude, absolutely. You know, come fishing with me anytime. And so, he went, he shot his first elk with a muzzle loader, and then uh, John's went out there and they've, I don't know, he's been fishing with them three or four times now, and they just wear them out every time they go fishing and, um, you know, catching billfish and tuna and everything. And so, you know, that's that's a great example because it's a, it's a super realistic, but it's just an awesome trip. You know, the guy killed his first elk, and then he also catching some, you know, they're just a, a great offshore trip. But we've... Let's see, we've seen another one, um, Axis Deer in Hawaii. We've had, that's a really cool one that pops out that um, a guy in, somewhere around you, I'm not sure what, I forgot what state he is now off the top of my head, but um, maybe it wasn't Iowa to the draw, but somewhere in the Midwest, but he traded with a guy in Hawaii for Axis Deer for Whitetail, and they had a successful swap, so that was really cool. Um trying to think man we've, we've had a ton of turkey hunts hog hunts deer hunts um that all are you know all are successful but all about the same but those those right there kind of stand out as something a little unique and different that have yeah um, both people have just been super happy will that's awesome that's awesome so uh now kind of back to you do you have any other trades coming up for uh the upcoming season that that you're going to be uh, uh taking part in so I'm I'm gonna host a guy in our rut for deer season, kind of mid to end of January from Idaho. They do some elk hunting up there, um, kind of a little bit of everything. Really good trout fishing, um, and just gonna host him. Not sure if I'll be able to make the trip this year or even next year, but um, but I'm really just kind of gonna gonna bank the trip. We we built a good relationship too through the website and. Um, gonna have him down to my place and then hopefully one day make it up up there to hunt with him and um so i know i'll be doing that one trying to think we've i've already hosted a hog hunt this summer with a guy from ohio he came and shot several pigs one of the biggest pigs we've killed on our farm and then i'm going up there uh really any any week now we're kind of watching cameras uh to kind of play it by ear but i'll go up there on a whitetail hunt with him in ohio um so looking forward to that but yeah that's kind of all i've got scheduled right now and then i'm sure i'll end up doing two or three swaps during turkey season and um and then kind of during the summertime we'll we'll do a bunch of hog hunts i I swap a lot of hog hunting cool cool man well i tell you what um very interesting concept and i think this is something that people should really think about if they are I don't know, interested in going and experiencing another species, um, especially out West, right? Um, Because for every 
you know, I'm not going to say for every guy who wants to go west, there's a westerner who wants to come east. That that's probably not the case. But if you right. have a, a a decent spot to hunt whitetails or hunt easterns or hog hunt, or if you're coastal and you have some fishing opportunities or uh, north like Minnesota or Wisconsin, and you have some some really good fishing opportunities, I'm sure there's a guy, uh, elk hunter or a mule deer hunter, who would be willing to trade you uh, a trip just for those new experiences and uh and then just i don't know like i i i'm i'm interested in in this concept so uh kudos to you for uh, bringing it all together and organizing it i appreciate it man yeah we've you know you mentioned that you're right you're not gonna not everybody's gonna be able to trade for an elk hunt that's kind of one of the premier trips that we have but the thing is people people equate value to something that they don't typically have access to you know like we want to try new things um and so value is so subjective there like i know john's still looking to swap an elk hunt for a gator hunt and he's he's always interested in big whitetail like that would be something that you could even run by him um like so you know people are are interested in trying new things that they don't have access to and so you know there could be the possibility to trade and too like you see with elk for example you know they the herd travels so much for elk that a lot of these guys it's not really quite like a whitetail hunter where you're like you know i've only got one deer that's living on my property that's a shooter and i don't want anybody else to shoot it you know i'm gonna try to hunt it myself like with like these elk properties like they're not as they don't not as possessive i guess as some some deer hunters are because that herd's going to be on 10 different people's properties in the same week you know like it's it's moving and um you know so there's a little less of an attachment there to where people are willing to say you know hey i'm willing to let you come shoot one and in exchange for doing something fun with you absolutely absolutely well my friend uh i really appreciate you uh taking time out of your day to hop on chat about this concept and uh um, trips for trade other than going to tripsfortrade.com to your website is there any other place that you want to mention uh, so people can find out more about what it is you guys are doing over there yeah the website's definitely the best uh, and then i would say we're really heavy on instagram uh, we kind of put new trips there go wild if you're if you're just on the outdoor apps we use that a bunch um, so we try to update pretty frequently with some new trips on those and kind of what's going on so uh, definitely check us out on social and then um, yeah the website if you got any questions you can email me personally at slade at tripsfortrade.com and that's the number four um, but yeah just we're, we would love to, to work with anybody and, and help you kind of check some things off that bucket list absolutely alright man well I tell you what uh, keep that badass name rolling and uh, you have a good <laughs> one and good luck this upcoming season man Awesome, man. Thank you so much. You as well. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge shout out to Slade. Go check out his uh, go check out his uh, uh, company, Trips for Trade. Also, huge shout out to Ozonics, Lone Wolf, Exodus, Excalibur, Wasp, Vortex, and Hunt Stand. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. It's that time of year. Get outside. Go hunt as much as you want or as much as you can and hunt hard no shortcuts because shortcuts lead to big mistakes and big mistakes may watch the buck of your life run right down away from you and you never see him again so no shortcuts this year guys let's uh, get after it get after it hard be smart be safe wear your safety harness send those good vibes out you'll get good vibes back and we'll talk to you next time